0: Hey, welcome to Lakeview Sermon of the Week. We're so grateful to have you here, and we hope you enjoy today's message. And uh, I'm just going to say it, the best is yet to come, and uh, some good things ahead. So, man, go for it, love you, honor you, thank you so much. Thank you. Wow. What an introduction. Jeez. Pastor Matt. Hey, everybody, how are you? Doing well? Wasn't worship just amazing tonight? Justin and Paige are so anointed, (laughs) and they're so awesome. And um, yeah, we're just so excited to be here with you guys. Like Pastor Matt said, my name is Cody Oliver, and I have just joined on staff alongside my wife as the associate pastors here at Lakeview. And again, we're so excited to be here. I want to just express that there is a palpable hunger that is in this room. There is a palpable hunger that's here that is unlike any other place that we've experienced. (laughs) We genuinely do believe that God is going to do something here in Hot Springs A mighty move of God is going to take place, and we're just excited and happy and just ready to partner alongside Pastor Matt and Emily and you guys to host the presence of God here in this place. Amen? Amen. We're excited to be here. Um, Tonight, I want to speak to you guys about navigating transition and also in the process, hopefully share my heart, share a little bit of story about who Julie and I are and kind of the journey that has brought us here to Hot Springs. Does that sound all right? All right, so I just saw a photo go away, but can we bring that back up? I just wanna brag on my family real quick. That's my wonderful, beautiful family. Thank you, it's awesome. (laughs) I am definitely a blessed man in multiple ways for sure, but uh, my wife is amazing, those are our two kids. Walter Isaac is my three-year-old son, and Miriam Presley is my three-month-old daughter. And they are such precious gifts. Any parents in here know exactly what I'm saying. You can't articulate it accurately about how much they can bless you. And I'll just even share this quick little thing. It, it, it gets me emotional because I have a soft heart, guys. I have a tender heart. It's a good thing I've, I've heard, so I'm not trying to change that. But um, two weeks ago from today, we jumped in our car. We left everything that we knew. We were trusting the Lord in this new season, trying to navigate this the best that we could, saying goodbye to grandparents, saying goodbye to friends and family that we've run live for close to to 13 13 to 15 years. And so really what was happening was I was checking on Julie going, are you okay? (laughs) Are you still wanting to do this? We have not pulled out of the driveway yet. Um, There's still, you know, some of those things. We couldn't stop the train, but I was just asking to make sure she was okay. And my son picks up on this, and his name actually means a a leader of an army who laughs. And he picks up on this, and the Holy Spirit just floods the car, and he goes, hey, Dad. And we turn around, and and he goes, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. And I shared that on social media, but he does not know. He will know one day. What he did for me and his mother in that moment. And it was powerful. It was powerful. It was powerful. So it's just encouragement. Raise them up in the way that they should go. Man, the Lord can use children. It's not an age requirement for the Holy Spirit to move. And we firmly believe that and we see that in our lives and in our kids. And so I just wanted to share that quickly. I love my I love my kiddos. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> uh, back to the story of who we are. So, um, I grew up in a Bethel plant. Around 12 years old, I'm 29 now. Around 11 or 12 years old, my dad and I stumbled into a gymnasium in on the south side of the city of Atlanta, and we found a Jesus Culture conference. Anybody familiar who, with who Jesus Culture is? This was their first conference outside of the state of California. So there was about as many people or 200 people in a gym just going for it. My father completely in the first 10 to 15 minutes is just getting wrecked by the the Holy Spirit and by the presence of God. And, And at 11, I'm actually quite shocked because this is the first time I'm getting a tangible experience with the power of God and seeing him move within a facility and among a people. And so I'm actually quite quite scared. (laughs) To be honest, the fear of the Lord is no joke, especially to an 11-year-old, right? And um, I had that moment where I grabbed my dad's keys while he was a puddle on the floor. I went to the back of my parents' minivan, and I remember praying as an 11-year-old boy, God, if you get me through this weekend, I will serve you the rest of my life. That's exactly what it was at 11 years old. I had that down. I was like, Get me through this. Lou Engle was there, and that was again first experience. He's just going for anybody know who Lou Engle is? Powerful man of God, voice that can convict you and scare you. And again, this is the days before COVID, so there was no Germex anywhere, and he's just laying hands on everybody. And and again, I you know I had a huge impactful weekend. I got called um, to the front, and the Lord really impacted me. But that spurred our family on to find more of the supernatural and the power of God moving, and, and we stumbled into a Bethel plant in Atlanta, Georgia, of about 50 people in a home that were just hungry for the presence of God to move. And so from 12 to about 23, that's where I was born and raised, in that movement, underneath those, those voices, um, those leaders, and um, that stream of influence. It's, it's impacted me. I've been serving on worship teams since I was 12 years old. Um, we've been leading worship, both Julie and I together, probably for more than over than half, we've been alive. So for the last 14 years, we have been involved in church ministry, church worship teams serving to help build uh, the house of the Lord, and um, we have just come alive in that, and um, that's actually where Julie and I met. We, had, we attended the School of Supernatural Ministry that was attached to the church. That was one uh, a school that I never said that I would go to, nor Julie. We both did. And um, we were also said that we would never be the ring by spring people, which we were. And that's just how that kind of worked out. And it was amazing. It was, was, yes, it was awesome. During that time, is this okay? I'm just sharing my heart, sharing a little story, trying to encapsulate the last 10 years because there's just a lot going on. But during that time, too, I was pursuing a career in the music industry and um, pursuing Uh, pop music and and had a dream to pursue that and the Lord at right at the time that we started to um, right before we signed up for a school of ministry completely started to shut down and lose those connections and things were happening that I didn't understand but I could trust him in it and it moved us out of things that I'm so grateful that I said yes to the Lord in and surrendered those dreams and surrendered those plans that I had already conceived in my heart to be the thing that I wanted to do because I would be completely not the person that I am today with the gifts that I have, my children, my family, and be as blessed as I am. And I also would probably be far from the Lord, potentially a prodigal trying to find his way back home. So I'm grateful for that there. But we met at School of Ministry. And then again, like we said, we Ring Bryce Spring married in 2017. Um, the year 2017 was actually quite busy for us. I'm just going to give you the kind of rundown of what, what happened. And we're okay. We're not saying these things to feel sorry for us. We're, we're okay. But it was a lot. It was a lot. And you're going to understand why. So in March of 2017, I proposed to Julie. In May of 2017, I graduated from college. In April of 2017, my in-laws, Julie's parents, planted a church and had asked us to be a part of that on staff. We had said yes. We're planning our wedding. Two months later, um, my mom and dad, oh, excuse me, my, I got a job that I lined up after school for a traveling author and speaker by the name of Leif Hetland. I don't know if anybody's heard of him, um, but he's impacted Pakistan and he has an incredible ministry. Joseph knows who I'm talking about. I got one. There we go. Come on, that's awesome. He wrote a book called Healing the Orphan Spirit. It's, it's unbelievable. He's a mighty man. But I lined up a media director job for him. Then, a few, like a month later, my mom and dad approached Julie and I and said, Hey, we have a dream to also plan a church on the north side of the city, and we want you guys to be a part of it. At the same time, we were a part of a young adult ministry that was booming and leading worship for, and we thought it was going to be the thing that uh, would turn into a church, so it would turn into an opportunity for us. And so after we got married and came back on our honeymoon, we found ourselves working for five ministries at one time, and it was absolute chaos and terrible, terrible. And really, by the grace of God and through him orchestrating and helping us with wisdom to stop these plates from spinning We made the choice to only serve one church that we helped plant, which was my mom and dad, which is at Resurgent in Atlanta, Georgia, and that's where we've been the last five years. We've been serving as worship pastors there on staff, building a house of worship there, and we absolutely adore them. They're doing a great work in in the Atlanta area and on the north side, and um, man— even it, i know this is weird cuz my parents are here and i'm talking about them <laughs> but i am so grateful also to just have earthly parents within my mom and dad and our in-laws to love us enough to push us and champion us outside of their own dream even though it could be so hard for them to see their kids when they were dreaming about something happening and and both of them have made impacts and deposits in us, and they will continue to do that. We'll, I'm going to bless us and our kids. I just want to honor them. I want to honor my in-laws. It's, it's not an easy season to navigate through family dynamics and churches and new dreams and all of those things. But like I said, that's where we've been. We've been in Atlanta, Georgia. We've been worship pastors In March of 2022, my wife and I recorded a live worship album. And I think we have a picture. Quick plug. Boom. No shame. No shame. Thank you. That's so kind. We recorded a live worship album. And... um, We had a wonderful team of people. We have amazing friends, people that are just so talented that we've run with for a long time. And the people that helped us, there they are. (laughs) Look at those guys. They're awesome. Some of these guys and some of these people that helped us do this, we have run with for 15 years. Like they were in my youth worship team. And there is relationship and seats. So there's just story. I mean, who and he have friendships that go back that far that it's just like it doesn't matter how often you don't talk or you do talk. You're able to pick up. And they're the friends that when something's going on, it breaks your heart and you intercede for them. And the Lord moves and you celebrate with them. As a matter of fact, the, the, the gentleman here with a beard that's Estevan Murray. That's one of my closest friends. He just had his fourth child yesterday, and we're all texting back and forth. It's just those relationships were involved in making this record, and it's just absolutely dear to us, and uh, just wanted to, to mention that there. So this is who we are. We're pastor's kids who have tried our best to navigate with the Lord and trust the Lord in new seasons, and we have found ourselves here, and we're excited about that, and we're ready to run there everybody's still okay everybody's still good all right all right so going back again into into 2022 just going to talk about the journey again that kind of just led us here in a little bit more detail we attended a pastor's conference at Jesus Culture in Sacramento and we received a word from someone there and it resonated with us it rocked us we were not expecting that What had happened actually was I had just ended a season of being bivocational and we had entered into full-time ministry with Resurgent. We were going to celebrate that and kick off a new season and we were excited to run alongside family. Again, that album we recorded two months later, we were excited about recording that live album and then the Lord says, hey, I'm calling you out like Abraham into the land that you do not know. And I was like just... When we all started getting it figured out, the Lord's going to drop a word like that to us, just like the Lord, right? <laughs> you just get settled, you navigate all of that as a young family you you finally have found your lane, you're ready to go and and we get a word like that, and it completely it just it completely wrecked us and um, it's such a cool cool moment here. Um, actually, the word about Abraham and us moving into a land that I know was similar to the word that Matt shared on Easter. Pastor Matt shared on Easter. That was our first Sunday here with you guys. And Matt talked about the sun rising in the east and setting in the west and the lost coming back to find their way back home. And he didn't know... Um, there's so many cool God things like that, and I'm not going to be able to fit them all in here, but just confirmation after confirmation, and, and with that Sunday, it was like we were as far east as we could be in the United States, and then the Lord gave us a word, and we travel west here to Hot Springs, and just for that word to be the seed of which transition started and to Matt, to, to the first Sunday to kick that off at Easter, I'm like, that's the Lord, like That's just who God is. That's so cool. Like, that was like, oh, I'm going to hold on to that forever kind of a deal. Um, But after we received that word, we entered into a process, and it's an ambiguous space called transition. It's the space of where you've been to where you're going. If you've got your Bibles, I think we'll also have this on the screen. Go ahead and turn to to Mark chapter 4, and we're going to go to verse 35. Everybody there? Awesome. So just a little context. Jesus has been teaching. He's had a long day. Large crowds have gathered around him. And in verse 35, he, we pick up to where the evening's happening, and they go over to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Let's start on verse 35. The day when the evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Hmm. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Transition is a word we commonly use to describe a shift or a change in direction or purpose. Transition really is a part of the ongoing curriculum of life. Especially if you're a disciple of Jesus. Amen? It's almost fair to say that you're always entering a transition. You're in a transition. Or you're on your way to another transition. (laughs) Again, transition is that ambiguous space of where you've been to where you're going. Another picture maybe is... um, Okay, so I am not a boat guy. Uh, Sorry, tangent here. Uh, Born and raised in Georgia, I've been in tree stands. I've been on the back of foilers, dirt bikes. I've ridden horses. I've even flown in a glider airplane. But the one thing that I don't have any experience in is boating. Oh, okay. (laughs) And then I fell flat. That's fine. It's okay. I figured with being a lake town, everybody'd be like, yeah, we're boaters. And I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't share this. Embar- there it is. Thanks, guys. There it is. <laughs> Boo. No, I'm just kidding. Um, maybe I shouldn't share this. Okay. So um, one of our dear friends, Stephen, my wife and I, and our son, Walt. This is an embarrassing story. I'm just letting you in. Um, we were going to Bubba's on Lake Hamilton. Anybody know where that is? Okay, Awesome. Okay, never mind. I won't make a a, a thing about Bubba's. Um, but we were driving our boat. We we're doing really well, and someone had come out and trained me, and it was fine. Everything was going smooth. Kid was having fun. Julie was having fun. Steven was loving it. And um, I, we we're par- we we're coming into uh, to park, right? And I don't even know if that's the right term. See, I'm so green, But we're we're coming into dock. Thank you again. Hey, hey, hey. Give me some time, give, get, give me some time, give me some grace, and then I'll take you guys out on a boat, okay. Um, okay, but hold on, so we're going, we're going, we're going, and uh, I realized we were coming in too fast, and uh, I kind of just, uh, sub, you know, unconsciously said, hey, where's the break? And everyone laughed. And uh, there was a grandmother on the dock filming, like, <laughs> oh, look how cute, everything. And I'm going, oh, my God, I'm going to wreck this boat that's beautiful and expensive all on camera. And um, And I just, you know, I, I guess I just, I still had my man card. So I just threw that sucker in reverse real quick. And we just kind of, like, eased in. And no one even thought that I... Wasn't serious when I said, where's the break? <laughs> um, but, and all honestly, completely was. Anyway, um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and I'm so caught off track. Hold on, give me a second. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. But transition again, that ambiguous space is like stepping out, stepping off a boat dock. Stable and secure and stepping onto a boat that 's no longer tied or tethered to the safe and secure place, and the answer there that you're going you all know is you 're either going or you 're not going or you 're in the water, right that 's what transition is like. Some transitions are extremely predictable, some are seamless in nature, um, some predictable ones are like the day that you graduate high school or you graduate college, that you get married. There are ones that you can emotionally and mentally prepare for and get things ready for. But then there are those that turn everything upside down. The ones you're not ready for. The ones you don't see coming. When these happen, we are brought into a new, renewed awareness that faith and predictability cannot coexist you're into a renewed awareness that faith and predictability cannot coexist. And again, when we received that lord, or that word from the lord, that process began in us and we knew that the lord was in it. It was beautiful. We just had to bring ourselves to all we had to do is come to the terms of the unknowns and the ambiguities. Our faith and predictability couldn't coexist. And what does Jesus say to the disciples? Let us go over to the other side. As we begin to follow the Lord in this, we experienced a similar upheaval to what the disciples experienced. The storms of life begin to happen. Picture this with me and let your imagination follow me here. But the disciples are losing daylight. The sun is dropping down over the horizon. Jesus gets comfortable and begins to go to sleep. The disciples push off, and you can hear the chirping of the crickets and the croaking of the frogs, the gentle lapping of the water against the primitive boat, and the Sea of Galilee is like glass. The stars begin to look like diamonds cast against black velvet, and there is no resistance. You know, the Sea of Galilee just basically is a lake about nine miles wide, 13 miles long, the deepest depth, around 200 feet, shouldn't be referred to as a sea. So why is it? It's referred to it for its unpredictable nature, its unpredictable character. It's nestled underneath sea level, surrounded by mountains, and the barometric pressure could drop. The wind could come down and off the mountains and in a matter of minutes. How similar can life change like that in a matter of minutes. And the disciples, you have to think about this, they were seasoned fishermen. They've been in storms before, but never like this. Suddenly the wind picks up and the skies are filled with clouds. There's deafening thunder and bolts of blinding lightning. The rain is coming in a great velocity. It's raining sideways and it's stinging their face. What does the text say again? A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. And Jesus is asleep and they are being tossed like a toy and the disciples are disoriented and had forgotten the last thing that he had said. Let us go over to the other side. How many times in life Can you forget the last promise or the last thing that Jesus said to you when you're caught up in the storms of your circumstance? You have to bring yourself back into an awareness of what the Lord has spoken. And I heard this quote recently. It says 90% of the Christian walk is just remembering, remembering who God is, remembering what he's done for his people, what he's done for you, what he's done for his family. 90% 90% of our walk is remembering. Hmm. Let us go over to the other side. There is always a realization and an actualization of your purpose. The process is incredibly protracted and disheartening. And there is always resistance. And what I found is there's always an opportunity for doubt and unbelief to creep in. Yeah. You begin to question something that was at one time so tangible. Did I hear from God? And you can work yourself into a panic and begin to cry out to God. Similar to what the disciples did when they reach up to Jesus and shout, Teacher, do you not care if we drown? And if you've never gone through such a soul storm where you felt that God was indifferent to what you were in, you've never known the cost of your purpose. If you've never gone through such a soul storm where it felt that God was indifferent to what you're in, then you've never known the cost of purpose. Man, we have to learn how to navigate that resistance, whether it be from above with the rain and the wind and the, and the turmoil of things we can't control or even the upheaval from things below. We have to learn how to navigate through resistance that's the only way forward (laughs) you know i'm i'm picturing the disciples at some point in the middle of this storm saying or screaming to one another like we should turn back like this is not going good and i'm sure that they turned around and said which way is back being so disoriented and if anybody's ever been in a transition where you've started that process you can get down the road where your mind starts doing that thing and you begin to fall into the doubt and the unbelief and, the, and even too I'm not saying that spiritual war, war, warfare doesn't happen because it definitely does and we have experienced that in our move here but what I'm saying is that You have to keep going and push through this resistance to enter into the promise of what God's spoken on your life. It takes discipline. It takes, it, takes, um, it takes a courage and a boldness to lean into the things of the Lord and say, I'm going to trust you. I do not have this in my own strength, but I remember what you said. <laughs> You have to learn to navigate through the resistance. What was Jesus' response when they woke him, shaking him violently? That's what I'm picturing. I'm not picturing like, hey, hey, Jesus. Like, I'm picturing like, ah, like absolute fear. These, you know, sorry. Um, Jesus' response was, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Something that I've learned through this process and of navigating transition in this last season about faith is that its key component is patience its key component is patience if i can endure i will discover his intentions if i can endure i will hear his heart faith's key component is patience peace It's not the absence of problems. We all know that, correct? See, the disciples thought they were in trouble when really they were in transition. (laughs) If you can get a different perspective, you would realize that you're not in trouble. You're just in transition. Am I hitting home with anybody in here tonight? Can anybody relate to that? Because there is that feeling of, oh my gosh, I am in trouble, What did I agree to? And once you fix your perspective around the Lord is doing something and he's using this transition to work something out in me that I need for this next season. You can navigate it once you've done that. Again, I'm not a boat guy. I've made that clear. Um, But... This is a very cool story, and I wanted to just tie it in, and I could imagine maybe this is what's happening here in this story. But there is a way to sell into the wind and sell against resistance. There's a term called uh, tacking. Anybody know what that is? Anybody? Yes. Tacking is when you're selling against the wind, you have to sell in a zigzag pattern. And I'm sure b- before the water began to topple over the side of the boat, the disciples were trying to do this. Again, experienced fishermen, they have to try it at least once to continue to go, right? In the fall of last year, and this was before, um, excuse me. This was before Matt and Emily, Pastor Matt and Emily, had called us and reached out and, and talked to us about the dream in their heart about us joining the team here at Lakeview. I was working and um, I, I picked up a, a, an extra job to save some money before our baby girl arrived. And so from November until the beginning of February, I joined a sweeping truck company in Atlanta. And what they were required to do was to go into parking garages, massive parking garages, and blow and sweep all the trash, all the dust, all the leaves over over 60-plus uh, parking lots, you know. And um, I took this job, and it didn't occur to me until I started hearing about tacking that during that time, there wasn't a sweeping truck, you know, to push leaves to or trash to, but so we had all backpack blowers on. And for three and a half months, guess what I did? I zigzagged with a leaf blower in parking garages 14 miles and 14 miles a night from 6 p.m. till 2 a.m. and during that time you know what I was doing teacher why do you not care that I'm about to drown and it was a time where I was like the Lord, I can't keep him on track. Like, I'm trying to, like, intercede and hear for us and all these things, and he would change the subject, or I just felt like, man, he doesn't care. Like, it literally, there was things that were happening that season where I was like, now that I have the the hindsight or the sight to see that, it was like he was just asleep on a cushion. And I woke him up with uh, fear. (laughs) And his response, and to me, was, why are you so afraid? Do you not have any faith? Isn't that good? I just thought that was such a, another cool God thing of like, man, I'm struggling here in this transition. And I'm just zigzagging back and forth with a loud blower listening to worship music or not even listening to worship music. I think I, at one point I just was, ah, Lord, why? And they'd be like, hey, are you yelling? No, no, I'm good. You know, like, I didn't want people to know, you know, it's just like, uh. (laughs) sorry, just being real, like, that's just where I was at, Um, but I did that, I I, I was tacking, and the Lord was working something out in me, and I had forgotten when he said, hey, I'm calling you into a land that you don't know, we're going over to the other side, have faith, take courage, I've got you the actualization, right, of your purpose is coming. The dream is about to come to fruition. It's going to come to pass. Have some patience. Have some patience. Um, I'm going to, I'm close to wrapping this thing up, but I just want to share these, these three things. When you're in that, when you, when you have decided to enter that season of transition and you're going and you've tried everything and then you even get to the position of tacking, right, where you're Zigzagging back and forth and, and, and all of those things. You're going to have three things that you have to deal with. The first one is personal opinion. <laughs> personal opinion. Now, remember in the story, there were other small boats that were out on the Sea of Galilee with them as they entered out onto the other side. But the one thing that I... Let me just double-check here. I don't think there's a mention of them making it to the other side, or there's another mention of them throughout the rest of that that story there. Everyone, and what I'm picturing there is that other boats are going, what are they trying to do? What are they doing? What You know, you have those armchair quarterbacks, right? I'm one of them. I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, so of course I'm one of them. Hey. All right, just going to. Yes, Lord. This is our year, Lord. Yes, Lord. Redeem Dak, Lord. Redeem him in Jesus' name. <laughs> Y'all, I grew up, I was born in 93, and I, my dad has all of the VHS tape runs from the Super Bowl. I watched them growing up. Okay. Anyway, personal opinions, right? The unsolicited opinions will rain down on you when you are in transitions, And the problem is, is that they need you to stay where you are so that they feel okay. Sounds like I'm hitting a nerve. So that they feel okay. But once you enter in transition, you cannot go back. You cannot go back. Again, which way is back? Which way? Right? So first, number one there, personal opinion. Second thing is personal opinion advantage. Something that was at one time an advantage to you will become a disadvantage to you when you are in transition. Number three, personal convenience. On the journey that I've been on, I'm discovering that God will move you out of convenience. Almost to the point where you think he doesn't care about you about the circumstance, about what he promised you. But sometimes the good things in your life can keep you from the God things that he has planned for you. Sometimes the good things in your life can keep you from the God things he has planned for you. I want to encourage you guys today, if you're, if you're in that place of transition, the realization will lead you into the actualization of your purpose. And I'm going to land here, and I even want to, can we maybe just enter into a time of some worship here? But I just want to maybe do some body ministry and maybe have a moment of vulnerability of saying, if you are in this season of one of those three things, right? And we probably all should stand up, but more specifically, if you're in a season of transition, like God has spoken to you. There's something happening in your heart and you're maybe in the, the beginning stages of it where you're, you're gliding on smooth water that's like glass or you're in the turmoil of the wind and the waves or you're tacking and being like, why? I want to just challenge us to, and to even look, guys, I, I, I think in this next season, Pastor Matt and pa, uh, Pastor Emily, there is a heart to be fathers and mothers in this city. And in this state, and how we start to steward seeing the loss be fathered and mothered is by stewarding that ourselves in our house first, because we're not going to be able to get it down right if we go outside the house and try to bring that in, right? That mm. you have, we have to steward this. And so, just as, a, as an opportunity of vul- vulnerability, if you're if you're experiencing transition, I would love for you to stand and the people around you to just to lay hands on you and to pray for you. If this is resonating with you, amen, amen, amen. Awesome, awesome. Well, I'm glad this is (laughs) having an effect. This is so great. This is, is ministering to you guys. Before we pray, you are not alone. You are not alone. You are not alone. The Lord sees you. The Lord knows you. He has a destiny, a plan, good plans for your life, a purpose over your life that he wants to see brought out so that he can fulfill his will in your life on this earth. Amen. Amen. The guys, everybody else, you are ministry team tonight. I want to challenge you guys to just put your hands on the person next to you or whoever's standing and just, we're going to just go for it for just a few minutes and pray over these people. And then I just want to end with an altar call. If you don't know Jesus, we're going to get to there in just a second. But go ahead and just pray out loud for those standing around you that are in that season of transition. Pray that they would feel the the presence of God, that they would experience the peace of God. Wow. They would experience His mercy. They would experience His grace that they would be able to remember the times that God's goodness and mercy chased and ran after them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for tuning in. Our hope is that these messages will help you on your journey of discovering who Christ is and who you are in Him. You can learn more about our ministry at lvahs.org or follow us on Instagram at lakeview.hs.